stillness of this moment, for this is a time of mystery, a time when imagination is free and moves forward swiftly, silently. This is Island Ghost Radio! Welcome everyone. Wilbur. To another exciting Island Ghost Radio. I'm Mike Taylor. I'm Diane Constell. And I'm Erica Popino. And who is our guest tonight, Diane? Our guest is paranormal investigator Herb Street. He is the creator of the Herb Street Method of Paranormal Investigating. The Herb Street Method of Paranormal Investigating. Yes. Herb Street. Herb Street. Not herb, herb. <laughs> it's not like seven herbs and spices. <laughs> or peaches and herbs. <laughs> uh, yes, and we received an email from him a few weeks back, and uh, we were pretty um, curious. He sent us this email. He has some kind of breakthrough in ghost hunting, and we're going to hear about it tonight. But uh, just to prep everyone for this, why don't you read the email that we received from him? Okay. I'll just read the intro to Herb's email. Hi, my name is Herb Street. I am a paranormal investigator. I have been working in this field for many years now. I was never satisfied with the way the paranormal was being investigated, so I have developed a method known as the Herb Street Method. By using this method, we can make contact with the other side for hours and capture evidence that is undeniable. We use mutable devices and mutable methods all in real time, taking everything to the next level when sitting down for an EVP K2 trifield or millimeter session. Hmm. Well, I'm curious. Sure, so am I. Yeah, let's, when we talk to him, we have to ask him exactly what the Herb Street method is. Yeah. We had a show last week, folks, but um, we had some technical difficulties. Uh oh. Oh, oh. It, um, happens. it happens. Yeah, it happens. We had Kurt Smith from Peach State Paranormal on, and um, we want to send out an apology to him. We're going to have him back on eventually down the road. Peach State. I, I love how uh, states have certain nicknames. I've always wondered how certain states got their nicknames. Yes, like New Jersey's, the Garden State. Yeah. It, sure, if you're growing smokestacks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry, New Jersey. Sorry, New Jersey. Just kidding. Did you know that Alabama is the yellow hammer state? I don't know what that means. <laughs> that doesn't sound comforting. Um, That's gross. Virginia is Old Dominion. Really? Yeah. And New York, of course, has probably the most ominous name of them all. Which is? The Empire State. No, the Big Apple. No, that's, that's New York, York city. city. Oh. Luke. I am your state. <laughs> this is really awful. <laughs> I think it'd be more like if it were New York. Yo, Luke, this is Vinny. How you doing? <laughs> All right, let me shut that off before we get sued. Ah, uh, yes. Sued by New names. York State or by George Lucas? Uh, probably by Lucas or both. 
Why is New York City called the Big Apple? Um, take a big bite of the apple. It's probably full of worms and rotted. <laughs> sure, if you like cockroaches and rats. <laughs> Maybe because they used to drop an apple on New Year's years ago. No, they did that because of the apple. Ah. No, it wasn't See, the that's the... Maybe it had something to do with uh, that guy, Wayne Newton, right? That dropped the apple, something about Newton's gravity. Oh, yeah. Uh, you think yeah. you're thinking of Fig Newton. <laughs> what do you want? They dropped a Fig Newton Wayne on New Year's Newton. Eve. <laughs> Newton's law of gravity. Wayne Newton, right? Sure. Yes. What? What's so funny? Uh, shame. <laughs> New York Donkashane. We promise, folks, get we'll get some help for Erica. The Wayne Newton song. Oh, Wayne Newton's a singer? I thought he invented... I thought he invented... <laughs> didn't he invent gravity? He invented apples. <laughs> Who invented gravity? Was that Wayne Newton? <laughs> yes, happen. Erica. It was Wayne Newton. And and Louis Armstrong was the first man on the moon. Exactly. Satchmo. <laughs> all right. I, all I, I think to myself, <laughs> what a beautiful moon. <laughs> oh. <laughs> fun, fun, fun. Diane, you had a bone to pick. You saw something on the internet this week. What was this thing that got under your skin? Well... I was looking up different ghost tours. I mean, there are literally thousands of ghost tours in cities all over the world now. I mean, they're all over the United States. They're all over Europe. They're everywhere. There's ghost tours with investigations, without investigations. There's a ghost supper. There's pub walks, ghostly pub walks. I mean, they're everywhere. And some of them are really good. I mean, you know, I've done several different ghost tours, but... I was looking at one particular, uh, I guess, actually two different tours, and I'm not going to name them, but there's a couple of disclaimers which kind of caught my attention. Uh, this particular one talks about the tour, the investigations they do, and then it tells you to bring your digital camera, you will get a paranormal photo or your money back. Wow. <laughs> I, I'm just wondering how they're going to quantify a paranormal photo. How do they wow. decide if it's a paranormal photo? And another site, another ghost tour has one similar, and it says, please wear comfortable shoes, casual clothing, and bring your camera. You will get paranormal photos. So I don't know exactly. I mean, I go to some of these sites, and they do have photos from their tours, and it's generally dust orbs. What, what state are they in? Do you know? Well, Can we give a hint? They're in the, the southeast area. I'm not going to name exactly where. Because, I bet it's Savannah. Uh, no, it's not. <laughs> no. No. There are a lot of tours all over the world, but these two particular ones actually have disclaimers that you'll get your money back. Or one of them does. It Otherwise, if you don't get a ghost. All right. Photo. Seeing how you can't actually prove scientifically yet that ghosts actually exist, then aren't all ghost photos subjective? Meaning... Absolutely. But they're probably counting dust. Yeah. Well, they obviously have to or else you have to refund everyone. <laughs> well, it just makes me want to go on one of these tours, bring all of my equipment and just whip it out during the during the investigation excuse me while i whip, whip this out. out and just say you know well here i am and when they try to convince me that my photo is a ghost i'll well, say what are you talking about well diane you and i went to baltimore about two years ago and we did uh the baltimore ghost tour yeah, it was the fells point ghost walk it was actually very interesting yeah it was it was actually interesting i mean it, a lot of these tours give you you know history information on the on the location not just the ghosts and the uh presenters the people who uh took us on the ghost tour were very interesting uh but at one point <laughs> she had asked does anybody know what orbs are 
And I raised my hand and said, dust. And she gave me such a dirty look. <laughs> yeah, but she was good. She was funny. Yeah. She she went along with it. Yeah. So um, basically ruined the entire tour, but that's okay. Well, we have to keep in mind, a lot of these tours are for entertainment. They're not for science. They're just to give the history and to kind of pump everyone up over the spooky ooh factor. Ooh. These well, spooky stories we're hearing about. Well, I did a tour in Orlando a long time ago, and, you know, they take you to a bunch of places, and then, you know, they give you K2 meters. It was before I actually had any real equipment of my own, and I got all excited. And you think you're getting something. It's just a standard EMF detector. And at the end of the tour, she proceeded to try to sell me an overpriced K2 meter before they were already overpriced now. And, and they put stickers on them that says Ghost Finder. Yeah, did you ever see those? Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, I haven't seen that, but she did try to sell me a K2 for like 50 bucks, and this was like eight years I ago. I think I saw those in Gettysburg, the Ghost Finder K2s. Oh, boy. St. Augustine is also a big place to go investigating. There's a lot of tours down there, and a lot of it is entertaining. You yeah, know, well, that's the... just it. It's all for entertainment, really. There's no... Uh... But it is interesting. They do talk about locations, because I tend to like to research cities before I go there to see what is haunted and... Now they tend to talk about things like that. And I take it with a grain of salt. I don't take any investigating seriously if they have it. But. Yeah, the history portion might be real, but the um, evidence, because, you know, you could go into the basement of the Jenny Wade house in Gettysburg and look at those photos, and it's like, ugh. Orb Central. Speaking of orbs, Erica, do you remember a while back there was a group uh, a religious group, I believe, and I yes. believe they were based on Long Island. Yeah, they were. It was actually a reverend. I can't remember his name. Was that the guy with the Orb family thing? Yeah. they. Tell the listeners about that one. I don't really remember too much about that. Something about he was charging people to come down and stand in front of this big old black piece of like sheet or a blanket or yeah, something. screen. And they take pictures of you and orbs show up in and, and the photos and you buy them and collect your uh, Orb family photo albums. Isn't it like 30 bucks or something? Yeah, it was a lot. Yeah, I'm wondering who's standing behind that black screen with a vacuum cleaner bag. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Powder or water or yeah. something. I found something else on the internet that kind of irked me a little. I found this website. Should I say the name of the website? Uh, it's entirely up to you. It was orbsbybeans.com. And... They claim that orbs are multidimensional beings. Some orbs are currently being used by interplanetary life forms to view life on Earth and other planets. Now, they sell orb journals, volumes one through four, for $15 a piece plus $5 shipping. So $20 for a book of dust. And then 60 for the whole set of four. That's actually disturbing because you know there probably are people out there who would buy something like that and get all excited about it. Oh. There's a dissatisfied customer right there. Oh, sorry. Well, they have no idea how many orbs are on my furniture $60 right now. $60 just for pictures of dust. Uh, it's actually sad. Somebody will buy it, like a little old lady You know how much dust something? I have? I well, can make a lot of money. Did uh happen to mention that Island Ghost Radio will be releasing its vacuum cleaner bag book soon. <laughs> Greatest hits of orbs. Yeah. See what we vacuumed up. <laughs> And uh, purchase today. Purchase often. Okay. Yeah, we'll make a mint with that. Yeah. Uh, it drives me up a wall hearing this stuff, but what are you going to do? There's people out there looking to make a quick buck at anything. You could say that again. Well. Are we going to get to herb now? We're going to get to herb. 
Or should I say Herb? You, Herb you got Street. me saying it now. The Herb Street Method. Doesn't it sound like a band? Herb, I, the I Herb Street Method. I think it was a 70s band. <laughs> um, Street. His name is really, his last name is Street? That's what he's telling us. Yeah. I don't believe it. Somebody's got to have a last name of Street. Yeah. Really? Well, before we get to Herb. Herb, Herb. Street. <laughs> we have... Another brand new, shiny, exciting Island Ghost Radio poll. That's the poll music. It is the poll music. And Diane, what is the poll question this week? The poll question is, do you believe there will be a major breakthrough in spirit communication in our lifetime? Yeah, we thought this was fitting considering Herb was coming on tonight to talk about his method. And we want to know what you think. Do you think there'll be a major breakthrough? Maybe maybe Herb has the breakthrough and he's trademarked it. We'll have to get the details. We'll see you tonight. Also, I should mention Herb. I keep calling him Herb. <laughs> Herb. Herbs and spices. Yeah. I, I have to send out an <laughs> apology to fault. him. Um He's going to be providing us with some EVPs. I haven't heard these yet. He sent them over just about an hour ago. So we're going to hear them all for the first time tonight together. Cool. And if you want to vote in that Island Ghost Radio poll question, you go to islandghostradio.com and click on the poll section. I'm going to do the Eric Papino method of investigating. What would that be? Yeah, what is that? Lying on the floor and moaning <laughs> during investigation. Wait, that doesn't sound good. Oh, yeah. Sorry. You have done it. A call. Yes, but that's... That was only because you were tired. And... That's all in the name of research. Yeah. Some of the things we do uh, in the name of research are pretty embarrassing. As a matter of fact, uh, we have a guest coming on soon that we did something pretty embarrassing up at the Shanley. Oh, yeah. That's going to be good. We're going to talk to her when she comes on. Good. I think that's next week's show. So stay tuned for that and stay tuned for the poll results and we will reveal them next week. All right, let's take a break. Let's go into one of our little interludes, musical interludes. Yay! And we're going to come back with Herb Street. I love interludes. Take two interludes and call me in the morning. Will do. Okay. You're listening to Island Ghost Radio. Herb, how are you? 
Oh, fantastic. I'll let you tell. Ah, good. Herb, we wanted to ask you, um, are you in a paranormal team? Yes, I am. What is the name of that team? Uh, I work with uh, three different groups, actually. My main group is called Goat City Paranormal. And then I work with a lot of subsidiaries as well, uh, Whalen Paranormal Group, Seneca Paranormal Investigators, and Flash. And where are you located in? Uh, we're out of Rochester, New York, um, but our home base is Valentown Museum. It's a historical location out of Victor, New York. Ah, okay. Uh, yeah, we just weren't sure where you were coming from or if you were in a group. And we were very intrigued by your email that you sent to us, and we definitely want to hear about this method. But um, before we get to that, let's let's talk a little bit about you and how you got started in the whole world of the paranormal. Did you have uh, any experiences growing up? Uh, well, I was terrified as a child growing up in a haunted house. Um, I, I would have these experiences nightly uh, at a very young age. I mean, I was probably five years old, and I can still remember, and that's how terrifying it was to me. Um, I would have these things. I mean, that's the only way I could describe them. I mean, I was a child, so... I, I call them creatures, but uh, these things would come in my room and they'd stand next to my bed and they would talk amongst themselves. And uh, I would get so terrified. I mean, I, I lived with a big family. I've got uh, five uh, siblings. And uh, me and my brother shared a room. And uh, so this went on for years. And uh, finally, it, it stopped once I got, you know, 14, 15 years old. And uh, I had uh, paranormal experiences throughout my whole life. And uh, I just was uh, brought up a Catholic, so people told me, oh, you know, that stuff's evil. You know, you shouldn't go looking for answers. Right. And uh, I just wasn't satisfied with that. So I, I, at a young age, I mean, probably 15, 16, I started going into uh, cemeteries, abandoned houses to try to... Uh, you know, make contact with the other side. I mean, this was before I had any tools to measure any type of paranormal activity. I just went to these locations trying to see something, you know, trying to uh, talk to something. Right, and, I was doing uh, the same thing. You know, I never had anything uh, when I was uh, 15 till uh, 20 that was even remotely close to my experiences as a child. And uh, so I kept looking for answers, and then, of course, in the uh, early 90s, late 90s, we had the shows, you know, sightings, uh, unsolved mysteries, and uh, that sparked my interest again, and I thought, you know, uh, maybe I should start looking into this some more, and I had uh, a few more experiences um, throughout my 20s, my early 20s. Uh, my grandmother had passed away, and uh, on my uh, 20th or 21st birthday, uh, she was sitting on my bed and said, happy birthday. And this lasted for over 45 seconds. And this was after I had been up for a while. You know, it wasn't one of those uh, waking dream states or something like that. And uh, saw, um, you know, a lot of these paranormal research groups and uh, how the paranormal was being uh, researched and investigated. And, and I just wasn't satisfied. I mean, there was just too much of a gap um, between investigating and uh, analyzing the evidence. Uh, so why I focused on uh, developing a new method um, to uh, make contact with the other side. Herb, going back to your childhood, uh, did you actually see these things? And uh, just out of curiosity, did your brother see them? 
my brother is so scarred by what we experienced, he won't even talk about it. And he absolutely hates what I do. Like, he would never come with me on a paranormal investigation. Huh. And he won't even admit to uh, the experiences that he had. Right. Um, my sister, um, she had uh, witnessed, I mean, we witnessed things simultaneously. I mean, we were sitting in the bedroom, we were probably anywhere from five to seven. And uh, we had an extension on the house, so there was a window that led to the uh, dining room. This is the most terrifying experience I could think that we all shared together. And uh, we're looking out the window into the, uh, the dining room where there's a piano. And there's this thing, I mean, that's the only way I can describe it, a thing. I mean, it didn't have any human facial, uh, you know, it, it did not look human to me. But, and it, it's poking its head up and down from behind the piano and playing peekaboo with us. And I can remember laughing because I'm thinking, is this really happening? And then later on, we all shared the story together. I mean, my brother wouldn't admit to it. I mean, he just don't even talk about it. But my sister remembers it just as clear as I do, what we experienced. And I thought it was a child until we talked about it together. I thought it was a dream until we all talked about it later, me and my sister. Now, Herb, one of the popular theories is that children are more um, open to experiencing the paranormal than adults. You said that this went away as you got older. Do you think it was because you were a child? I, I say yes and no. I believe that a lot has to do with conditioning. And we're all conditioned uh, when we're growing up that the boogeyman is not real. Ghosts aren't real. It's your imagination. So, you know, you're told that so many times. I think you have to relearn everything, you know. So how long have you been investigating the paranormal now? I would say seriously for over seven years, you know, with the equipment and working on the method. But I've been into this, like I said, since I was probably 14, 15. Uh, going out there and investigating, but I would really only say, you know, over seven years now. And one of the things uh, you like to do is EVP, correct? Well, see, that, that's a misconception with the uh, Herb Street Method here. It, it's real-time analysis for everything, not just EVP work. I mean, EVP work is just a small fraction of what we focus on, Um I, there's just so much more to the method than uh, real-time EVP. Yes, and we um, should... But, yeah, you, I'm sorry. I, we, we should mention that uh, you sent us a few clips that we're going to play soon. But, uh, all right, we don't want to uh, keep the audience waiting on this one because I'm sure everyone wants to know. Can you tell us exactly what is the Herb Street Method? Okay. Basically, what it is, to, to um, kind of break it down in, in its simplest form, is real-time analysis for everything. And when I say that, I mean real-time analysis for video evidence, for picture evidence, for EVP evidence, for everything. And uh, you multiple camera angles at all times. When we go into an investigation, we're pretty much in there commando style. I mean, we're all holding uh, handheld uh, video cameras with IR lights, external IR lights, Filming the investigator, filming the environment, so we don't miss anything. And when we're doing an EVP session, we've got six or seven EVP recorders going. We've got six or seven K2 meters going. We've got the EMF meters. We've got the mel meters for uh, ambient temperature changes. We've got tri-field meters to help substantiate the EVPs that we're capturing because there is a radio wave detection on the tri-field meter. 
So it just helps substantiate the evidence that we capture. I mean, if I get an EVP, these EVPs that we're going to be playing for the audience in a little bit here, every single one of those EVPs you can hear, folks, you go to my YouTube page and you will see the video backup of how we caught that EVP on film. You can see me or whoever's asking the question. You can see the environment, the equipment. I mean, there's just nothing left here. I mean, we cover everything. I wouldn't feel comfortable putting an EVP out there without video backup. Now, can you elaborate? What do you mean by uh, real-time analysis? Okay. Um, when we ask a question, we ask the question, are you here? Um, do you need help? How long have you been here? How are you doing? What's your favorite song? Stuff like that. Then we give the spirit 10 to 15 seconds to answer. We stop it. We play it back. We listen for a response. And then the conversation kind of adapts to what EVPs we pick up. For instance, if you're on location and you're investigating the paranormal and you catch a help, now if you're using the old methodology and these old techniques that a lot of the groups are using to date, and you go home and you hear help me, how could you possibly continue the conversation? You will never truly experience an intelligent style hawk unless you are using real-time analysis, period. Okay, so you say you use multiple recorders, and let me see if I got this straight. You ask a question, you wait about 20 to 30 seconds, and then you play back to see if you caught something. Um, do you play back on all multiple multiple recorders at the same time? Uh, no. What we do here, and that's why uh, I like to direct people to the YouTube, is we all hit record. We're all recording at once. We've got one recorder recording the whole session. We've got multiple devices going. So it's not just an EVP session. I mean, if we're getting a temperature drop, then we walk over to where that temperature's dropping, we hit record on the device, and we ask a question where we're getting the readings, whether it be a K2 hit, whether it be uh, increasing EMF levels, uh, and, and so on and so forth. We go directly where the activity is happening, and then we try to ask these questions. Now, if we've got six or seven recorders going, or whether it be four or five, and we're asking questions. We all take time to press stop and play it back, and there has been times where we've caught different voices on each device that we're recording. Now, if I was just using one device and letting it record the whole time, you're not giving this respect. You're not having a two-way conversation, which is why I feel that a lot of these groups only get one or two EVPs if you're lucky an investigation, because you do not speak to the spirits like they are equals, like they are human. A lot of the times they're being spoken to as children, you know, and, and that's why they're not communicating. And that is why they're not conversing at this massive level that I am telling you that anyone can do. This isn't something that I'm saying I have a special ability, I can go in and I can do this. Anyone on planet Earth can use the Herb Street method and make contact with the other side for hours if they apply the technique. So if you have multiple recorders going at the same time and you all listen back to your own recorders, what if you get different responses on different recorders? How do you, where do you take the conversation? See, that, that's the beauty. That's something you have to discuss amongst your team members. I mean, how you want to continue the conversation. Mm -hmm. And you have to make sure that you are not leaving anyone out. You have to respond to every one of these spirits that are communicating with you because you do not want to upset them, you do not want to make them leave. But obviously we stick to, uh, you know, if someone's asking for help, we focus on that. 
if someone's just saying something random like come dance with me or something of that nature, then we're going to focus on the entity that needs help. Okay. Um, not to shoot down your method, I you know I I agree with you. It's a it's a good idea, but I've I've kind of seen Mark and Debbie Constantino do something similar uh, with this. I don't know that they use multiple recorders though, and uh, but um, the problem I have with some EVPs is you get a lot of class Cs that are kind of open to interpretation. Um, how do you go about? Let's say you get a really garbled EVP. Um, how would your team handle trying to decipher what that message is? I believe it instantly, my friend. You'll see, when I put evidence out there, I don't put anything out there unless it's a class A, class B. So, I mean, if I get something and it sounds like, you know, I'm just going to delete it. I mean, I, I can't make it out. I mean, I'll try to hear it and I'll try to understand what it could be saying. Right. But if, it, if you really have to strain that much, they're going to chew it off. I mean, you've got to put out evidence that you can stand behind. Right. And uh, Mark and Debbie Constantino are a great group of people, but they are not pushing uh, boundaries as far as I feel me and my team are. I mean, we're taking the real-time analysis EVP to the next level. We're not just focusing on EVP. We're real-time analysis for everything. If we see a shadow person, since we're using multiple camera angles, we stop, we play it back, we've got someone filming the playback, so there's no lag in evidence. It's real-time, like you are really there. Well, there's a like a two-minute lag, no? Because you have to listen back to what you just recorded. Right. So it's is that there's actually... No, there's no break in the video feed, I mean. Okay. Right. Now, do you use video cameras or a DVR system and have someone, like, monitoring during the investigation? Uh, we use handhelds. Okay. So we're all using, uh, you know... Right, right. Now let me ask you, what was the very first EVP you've captured? Uh, I don't, I'm not sure if it's one you sent us, but uh, could you describe <laughs> the first time you actually caught something, like what you were feeling at that moment? The first one that I caught uh, was probably at Rolling Hills, which is in uh, New York, Bethany, New York, and uh, I was using the old method where you just hit record and let it go forever, and. Uh, I, when I got home, I was listening to it, and uh, me and my uh, wife at the time, she wasn't my wife, it was just my friend, now we're married, so uh, we're there, and uh, I'm listening to it through the headphones, and you can hear me and my wife talking amongst each other, I mean, I wasn't even uh, asking a direct question, uh, and you hear a gentleman saying, I'm passing by there, really deep voice, there was no one else in the room, it was just me and her, and I was like, Wow, you know that that's crazy. I mean, it's 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 one thing when you see it on television, you see the EVP, but when you capture something for yourself, it's so gratifying. I mean, because you know, one hundred and ten percent, that is something paranormal. Absolutely. You know, no one was there. Yeah. You know, and, and that's what really does it for me, and that's why I think it's so important for people to uh, try to apply this technique for themselves. I mean, me telling you and showing you my evidence is one thing, but if you're to capture this evidence yourself, it's so gratifying. Right. And you use handheld cameras. Uh, what type of voice recorders do you use? Uh, analog, digital? We use uh, VN4100. It's Olympus. And uh, I won't use anything else. I mean, it's the best for real-time playback. It's loud. Um, you can record uh, 100 files, I believe. So you can ask over 100 questions times four, I think. 
and uh, it, it's just it's the best one. I mean, we, everyone on my team uses the VN uh, forty one hundred PC Olympus, right? So, and it's a digital. Yeah, I have that one too. It's a good recorder. Um, all right, well let's let's not delay this any longer. Let's get to these EVPs because I'm sure the audience wants to hear these, and we're excited to. Uh, you sent these over to us just about an hour ago. We haven't had a chance to hear them, so we're gonna go through them now. But um. I'll give you the name of the file, and if I don't know if you want us to just play it or if you want to set it up first. Uh, oh, I could set it up. Okay, the first one is, did you move yet, BF Bungalow? Yep. Uh, this was an investigation back in September of last year, and uh, it was a huge, huge uh, location. It's a residential slash, um, uh, basically it's like a... Uh, uh, a place where you can go and, and rent this whole cabin out, and it was huge. Great, great location. Um, there was probably about six of us in the room at the time when we uh, got this EVP, and it's a child. I believe it's a child saying, did you move yet? So if you want to go ahead and play that. Okay, let's listen to that. Did you move that? Did you move that? Now, I hear your investigators responding to that. Is that, uh, that is on playback that I'm assuming? Yep. Okay. Okay, that's incredible. That's a really great wow. AVP. Yeah. Yeah, like I said, I, I won't put anything out there unless I can stand behind 110%. And uh, like I said before, too, you can see this exact file on YouTube, us hitting record, us pressing stop and playing it back in real time, and you can see everyone in the room is not saying anything when I capture that voice. Right. That's awesome. Wow. Let's play that again for the audience. Did you move that? Did you move that? Very interesting. Now, when you do real-time analysis, are you using the recorder with, like, headphones and trying to monitor through the, the microphone and everything? No, we just uh, hit record, we give the uh, spirit, the entity, a uh, time to respond, we press stop, we play it back. Okay. I mean, we don't get stuff like that every single time we play back. Right. But, you know, at least six out of ten times we're getting something. Once we get the conversation going and they realize that we're paying attention to what they're saying, you're going to get that much more evidence because you're having a two-way conversation, you're interacting, and you can hear how I'm getting excited after I play a bat. Right. And, and everyone in the room is getting excited. Because, I mean, I still get excited. I've been in this field a very long time, and when I get an EVP like that, I'm jumping out my chair. Yeah. You know, it, it's been it's been fun. Wow, that was really good. Now, when you are in a quote-unquote haunted location and you're doing this and you capture something... Um, when you respond to whatever they're saying, do you find that you get more EVPs after because they know that you're hearing them? Definitely. I, I can tell you straight up, I, at that location, BF Bungalow, we probably caught close to 100 Class A EVPs. And we were there for two nights. So, 
it's intense. I mean, like I said, once you're giving the the, the entity, the spirit that are there, uh, the respect, and they can hear that you hear them, and you're having a two-way conversation, the sky's the limit. I mean, there's so much we can learn from the other side. Over 100 EVPs. You're going to have to give us the address of this place. (laughs) (laughs) Um, All right, let's move to the next file. This clip is called Laughing Saks Bridge. You want to set this one up? Okay, this is at uh, Saks Bridge, Gettysburg, Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. And uh, me and my team spent, we, well, we go down to Gettysburg, uh, you know, quite a few times a year. And uh, we were down there, and uh, there was me, Jen, and Tim on the bridge. And uh, my uh, team member, uh, Tim, kept seeing, like, a ball of light, a figure that was showing itself to him. And I didn't see it. And then we took a picture, and you could see this huge ball of light behind him. And right after we caught that picture, um, I asked this question, and then we get this laughing. Um, and and it, it was just, you know, really, really eerie. I mean, it, you'll hear the uh, the laughing. I mean, it just it, it freaked me out. <laughs> but uh, it, it, it was intense. I mean, it really was. Okay, let's play that clip now. Are you lost? Now, the laughing, that is the actual EVP there? Yeah. That's creepy. Wow. Let's uh, play that again for the audience. Are you lost? That's 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 strange. Yeah. I guess they found that amusing. And the other thing you could hear too is it almost sounds like someone shushing him after he laughs. Oh, okay. I thought that was uh, one of the investigators. Let's no, look. no, no, no. And we didn't hear this at the time. I mean, Saks Bridge is probably one of the most haunted locations that I've ever been to in my life. I mean, it never disappointed. Every time I've been there. We've caught an abundance of evidence, and we've heard all sorts of crazy stuff there. Huh. Let's play that one more time. Are you lost? (laughs) Yeah, you can hear the shh. It almost sounds like... (laughs) It almost sounds like there's a... A reel-to-reel projector going on in the background. What is that mechanical sound? See, I don't know. I mean, you've got the same recorder. It almost sounds like there's a constant white noise behind it all the time whenever I record anything. Right. And I, I never understood what that was. I mean, the VN4100, I mean, every time I record something, you could almost hear like a white noise behind it. It sounds like that. Huh. All right. Moving on to the next clip. This is Take Your Mom With You. <laughs> what What is this one about? This, I mean, it's it's so hard to, to, to guess what they were saying. We tried to continue the conversation, and it just went nowhere. Like, they didn't explain what they were saying. But, I mean, to try to interpret, I, I just think it sounds like this little girl is talking to an adult, and someone tells her to take your mom with you. I mean, there's more there, but I couldn't understand what the rest of it is being said. 
and this was also recorded at uh, BF Bungalow. Oh, okay. okay. All right, let's listen to that one. That sounds like the same little girl from before. It does. Yep, and it's the same location, too. Wow, that's really cool. Huh. Let's play that again for the audience. Now, we're hearing the clip doubled over in there. Is that because uh, someone's playing it back? Yep, that's what yeah, we do. I mean, when we hear an EVP, uh, when you're analyzing something, we're playing it back three, four times right. to try to pick everything out to see what they're saying. That way, when we ask the next question, we're totally answering whatever they said. If they asked us something or how they answered so we can keep directing the questions, towards what they want to talk about, not what we want to talk about. So we play it quite a few times. Now, when you were in this bungalow, you're obviously ca- capturing voices. Uh, was there anything else weird going on there that night? Did you capture anything on video or cold spots? Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. We've got all those clips up on YouTube. We were at the table. We were getting these EVPs. We were getting huge tips on the EMF meters. The temperature was dropping, it was rising, and, and uh, it, then I, I'm sitting there, and there's uh, probably about five or six of us at the table. Now, when we do a residential or we do any location, we like to work with the, the, the curator, the owner of the building, so that they're a part of the investigation. Right. Okay, so they're sitting there with us. They see this shadow person standing right behind me. And they look terrified. I'm looking at their face, and I'm thinking, okay, what are they seeing? So I turn to my right, and I see this thing next to me, and I jump. I about crap my pants. I mean, I literally <laughs> jumped, and I was like, oh, my God. You know, I mean, it's one thing you're hearing voices, but to actually see someone that's standing right there next to you. Right. I mean, it, it, was, it was intense, you know. And we've got that all up on YouTube. I mean, you could see this thing that's standing there, and it looks like a shadow coming up off the wall. And, you know, I jumped out my skin, you know. And then we get, got answers through the uh, EVPs that, that answered personal questions about the client, you know, that I can't discuss uh, on the show. But, and, you know, she was so hit by this emotion. I mean, we go back there, you know, she wants us to come back there three or four times now, um, you know, and, and do this uh, work with her. You know, and she's coming out with us on investigations, too, separate investigations. That's just how me and my team work. I mean, we're like a family. We come to your home or your location. You're working with us. I want you to be a part of this experience. Right. Herb, um, if people want to see this on YouTube, what what should they search? Uh, it's Ghost uh, City Paranormal, all one word, at YouTube.com. Okay. All right. Let's move on now to the next clip uh this one is titled you hit me ow <laughs> do you want to tell okay, us this about this one also taken at bf bungalow 
And uh, we were in the hallway. It was me and Jen. And this was right after I had seen that uh, shadow person in between me and uh, Tim. So we went over the hallway, and I asked a question. And uh, at the time, I didn't know that this hallway used to be the entrance to the house, okay, because it's, it's now something else. Mm-hmm. And uh, it sounds like the little girl's running, trying to get away from something, and she gets her hair pulled, and she's screaming because either her father or mother didn't want her running out the door or going outside or something. And that's what we all determined after we listened to it a couple times. Plus, we captured EVPs after this one that kind of went into detail about what was going on. And uh, it, it, it was crazy because, I mean, when you, you start to get stuff like this, I mean, it's not like we're psychics or mediums or anything like that. We're getting evidence right. that's telling the story. And the client's right there, and she could validate everything. I mean, when we sit there, and we're getting an EVP that's telling a story, and, and, uh, and you've got the client right there saying, oh, yeah, this is where the door used to be. Oh, yeah, there used to be a child that, that ran through here and got hurt really bad. You know, and it explains everything. Interesting. Hmm. Let's hear that one. Okay, I'm going to play that now. Damn. Uh, now, who is saying, are you okay, in the beginning? That's me. Okay, no offense. <laughs> you sound very creepy. <laughs> it's like, are you okay? <laughs> it's like, I, I thought that was the EVP for a second. <laughs> uh, let's play that again. That's an amazing EVP. That's incredible. Wow. Now, do you have versions of these EVPs like, you know, themselves and not recordings of the EVPs being played back? Yes, we have all those files as well, but I like to put all the evidence out there as a video feed mm-hmm. just because that's how we do things. I mean, I've got all the, I mean, God, thousands of EVPs, just the files themselves. Right. Have you noticed since you've been doing the... uh real-time playback uh, that you're capturing more um, than you would in the past? Well, I mean, like I was trying to explain earlier, if, if you sit down and you hit record and you're recording for hours, it would be like me having a conversation with you guys uh, on the show and not waiting for your responses or not listening to what you're saying and just talking about other things. Right. Eventually, the spirits, the entities, the people are going to get bored, they're going to get upset that you're not paying attention, you're not answering their questions, so they're going to move on, which is why I definitely feel 110% that real-time analysis, you will get a thousand times more right. evidence, or a thousand times more EVP using the real-time analysis, but you've got to use more than just EVP recordings, you've got to use all these other tools um, that I'm going to talk about at the same time, because how are you going to find out where these entities are without using an EMF meter, without using a K2 meter, without using a trap gun? You've got to use these other tools to measure everything so you can help solidify the evidence. It's not just a voice. You want to have it all on film. You want to have all these other tools capturing evidence at the same time. 
Now, do you feel that doing the real time that you get more answers that are in context to what you're asking, or do you feel that um, still there are times you'll ask a question and the response has really nothing relevant to do with the question being asked? Well, it, it's like that when we just played there. I asked you, are you okay? And it almost seems like something was playing back. Or it could have been something that was happening right then and there. Right. It, it definitely had relevance to the question because she was saying, ow. You know, it sounds like you hit me, ow. I mean, that's what it sounds like to me. And I asked, are you okay? So it definitely had something to do with the question. And using the real time, we have gone both ways with it, where we'll ask a question and then their answer is asking us the question. So, I mean, it go either way. Right. So you feel that there's actually, I mean, you have to uh, use your EMF meters and, and I don't know if you go by temperature t- stuff to physically find where the ghost or, or spirit is? Or do you think, I mean, does it is it actually taking over a physical space in the room or does it just kind of exist another dimension in that room, and it doesn't matter exactly where you are. Well, I definitely feel that they're everywhere, but if you're not paying attention, they're going to go away. So, I mean, if you go into a room and you're talking to a wall and you don't know where the spirits are, they're probably laughing at us. I mean, because we're walking around blind. (laughs) But if if you're using the tools to find where the energy is, you know, and I have seen them with my own eyes. So I'm not a strong believer in that, you know, you can only see them with special tools and all that. Right, I mean, right. uh, I was doing a show uh, the other day, and they asked me if I think that some day they're going to come up with a tool to see these spirits. I've seen them with my own eyes. I've been with investigators that have seen them with their own, their own eyes. And I'm not a sensitive. I'm not a psychic. I just feel that you have to build a rapport with these entities, these spirits, in order for them to show themselves. Right. Right. Okay, let's move on now to the last clip. This one is titled Humming. Now, this one was at a residential, and uh, they thought it was a demon that was uh, haunting the house, and uh, all sorts of crazy stuff went on here. And uh, we found out, like I said before, it's like almost telling a story, what was going on with the clients. There was something going on there in these were trying to scare them out of the house because they didn't like the way that the clients were treating the house. Now, this is an EVP that we call up there, and it sounds like a little girl humming a song. Huh. Okay, let's play that now. Are you okay? That is unbelievable. Wow. That's unbelievable. Wow, that is incredible. Yeah. <laughs> it's almost unbelievable. I mean, I'm not saying that you're faking these, but damn, that is probably one of the best DVPs I've ever heard. Yeah. I if well, I didn't yeah, yep. if I didn't if I haven't gotten EVPs in the past that were really good too, it would be hard to believe because they're yeah. excellent. Yeah, it's that good. <laughs> Well, that's why I feel it's so important to have video backup for everything and to use real-time analysis. Yeah. Because if I was just to put that EVP out there without any other backup, I mean, how, how could you ever believe in something like that? Right. Mm-hmm. Wow. Let's play that again. 
Are you okay? Is this, is this child stuck in that, yeah. in that place? Well, this is a different place, right? Yep, this was a different location. Oh, this wow. This uh, at a place where we were supposedly dealing with demons. Are I, you sure this little child may not be following yeah, you Yeah, I was just about to ask that. <laughs> He's like attached to, you know, it she's sounds, attached herself to you, maybe. It definitely sounds like the same child. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it, it was definitely a different location, and... I, I have no idea. I mean, it, it, it was crazy. We got we caught that, and then like ten minutes later, I got scratched on my chest by something that I couldn't even see. You right. know, and it, it just it was crazy. Huh. Now, do you do you uh, do you personally believe in demons? Honestly, I have never dealt with something that I would call a demon, so I have I to say no. I think that there's bad and good people in life, and right. there's bad and good people on the other side. Right. right. So, I mean, and, and I found out what happened there, why I got scratched, is because we weren't paying attention to the message they were trying to get across. Uh-huh. And once we did pay attention to the message they were trying to get across, it was just like the floodgates open, you know? And now the family is completely satisfied living with the spirits that are there. That's hmm. really interesting. Wow. Well, we have to play that one more time. Are you okay? I love it. Now, did you do any history of the house? Was there a death of a child there or anything that you could find? Well, see, they rented the house, so they didn't know much about the history, but they knew about what they were experiencing there. And I just thought it was kind of interesting that they thought they were dealing with a demon, and this entity showed itself as a female child. You know, and I don't know if that's what it really was or if it was pretending to be that just to try to get close to the family. That's what I was thinking. I mean... We spent a lot of time at this location. We went there five nights, you know, and uh, we gathered all the evidence. And, you know, last time we were there was back in October, and they haven't had anything negative happen since they've, uh, you know, adjusted uh, their lifestyle. Wow. That's incredible. Where can people find out more about your method? Um, They can go to my main website, which is at uh, myspace.com. And uh, that would be under Herb's Treat Method. Uh, the URL is Herb's Treat Method at uh, myspace.com. And that's got all my links to everything else. It's got my YouTube links there. I do lectures at the Allentown Historical Museum in uh, Victor, New York. Um, I definitely would love to talk to anyone and everyone out there. If you have any questions, you can email me directly at herb224man at AOL.com. And uh, I love working with people. I mean, uh, I just did a show last night, and I'm going to go down to uh, West Virginia and uh, do the penitentiary with the uh, radio show down there from uh, 12 to 6 a.m. in June. So uh, it's it's great to uh, get this out there and uh, to talk to people that are into the paranormal. Right. And uh, it really will change things. I mean, if people can apply this method, You'll just see. I mean, it's changed my life forever, that's for sure. Herb, have you made it to the Shanley Hotel in Napanock, New York yet? Yes, I have been there quite a few times. Have you gotten anything there? 
Oh, yeah. I worked with uh, Sale and Cindy, uh, just like I do on the other client. And, uh, I mean, they could tell you stories, I'm sure, if you know those guys. I mean, uh-huh. uh, we sat in uh, the, the one room, uh, the back, have you done there? Yes. Okay. You know the back bedroom? I can't remember whose room it is, but you know where Sale's office is, right? Yeah. It's the room that's back there that's got the porch room. On, on yeah, that's the, uh, the uh, sunroom. The sunroom and Esther's yep, room. Yep, yep. yep. We sat in there for probably two hours at least getting EVP, K2 hit, temperature changes, and getting answers to questions that Sale and Cindy were asking that solidified for them that we were communicating with a definite entity that knew about them. Uh-huh. Cool. So, I mean, it, it was intense. I mean, it, that's where it, 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 you know, flips a switch for you. I mean, when you're sitting there and you're experiencing it, I mean, you're not watching on TV, you're there in the thick of it. And you're getting answers to direct questions and they're solidifying that you're actually communicating with an entity that knows you inside and out. I mean, that's when it's like, wow, you know, this, this is something. I mean, I'm really communicating with something on the other side. Wow. Well, we're definitely impressed by these clips. Uh, <laughs> you're going to have to come back on again in the future and share some more stuff with us. Definitely. All right. Uh, do you want to give them your website one more time? Yep. It's, uh, you can go to myspace.com. It's the Herb Street Method. Uh, that's the URL. And, or you can find me at Facebook, uh, Herb Street at facebook.com. Or you can email me directly at herb224man at aol.com. Awesome. Excellent. Well, we thank you for joining us tonight. Yes, thanks, Herb. Yep, thank you guys for having me. And if you guys have any questions or you want me to do another show, feel free to ask. That was definitely cool. amazing. Keep up the great work. Yeah, it's great. Yeah.